Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Our shelves are fully stocked. Oh, with what? With with stuff that you're interested in, as opposed to when you walk into the supermarket and there, you, it's like a ghost town. Our personal stocks? Our personal stocks, our food stocks, our uh, entertainment stocks, all our stocks are full. All our shelves are full of stock, whereas I'll tell you, at the moment, you go into supermarkets and places and uh, it's a struggle. Yes, I know. And we know how much, Kevin, you love your trips to the supermarket because you seem to attract all sorts of uh, interesting people. <laughs> I'm like a... Get I'm into like... your personal space, look <laughs> into your trolley, start sorting through your goods. Touch me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're only human. <laughs> it all happens. Oh. It all happens. You wonder why I have a, you know, I'm seeing a therapist, a Woolworths therapist. You're a magnet, Kevin. You're a person magnet and you're a dog magnet. Um, all of those. And uh, we have a terrific show for you. We've got a great guest. Yes. Uh, what a band, Goanna. An iconic Australian oh. band. Oh, great memories of Goanna. 40 years to, uh, as we're speaking now, uh, when they were recording uh, the Spirit of Place album, it came out, it went whoosh, oh, and solid rock. Wooshka. Uh, and, and Solid Rock's one of the, I guess, yeah. most iconic game-changing songs that anyone's written in the last 40 absolutely. years. Uh, but there were some absolutely brilliant songs. Goanna were a really, really good band mm. to see live and they're back uh, performing live, celebrating that 40 years. Go to goannaband.com and you get all their dates, their tour dates, and they're coming to a town near you and they are terrific. See them. Because Rose Bygrave, who's the piano player, yes, and part of that uh, beautiful harmonious uh, sound that uh, goes behind Shane Howard, she's our guest. She got a terrific backstory, great stories as a mentor and musician, but also growing up in country Victoria, a bit yep. like my good self. Very much. We very are much swap so. country stories. You know, imagine having a person who has got a seafood cart that drives through town to there sell you go. fresh seafood. Why didn't we have one of those? Got to get one of those. <laughs> but you'll hear more as well about so that. So I'm bringing all the frivolity and Sarah's bringing a guest, just like you do <laughs> back in the old days. And the guest is Rose Bygrave, and we'll get to our uh, food poll a little later on. It's an interesting, sweet conundrum. It's, it's a fate theme. That's coming up. But first, Rose Bygrave. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Now, Rose, you grew up, as I did, in a small country town uh, in Victoria. What are your childhood memories about what kind of stuff was served for dinner? What was on your plate? Well, I'm not sure about you, Sarah, but if you grow up in a country, there tends to be a lot of meat. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> right? <laughs> Feed the meat. man and the girl meat. <laughs> yeah, breakfast, lunch and dinner, yes. Mum wasn't a very adventurous cook, you know, so we had, you know, the standard roast and chickens and chicken dinner and although there was there was a very good deli in Arash before delis were really a thing. There was an Italian family, the Pinzone brothers. So they had things like salami and avocados and you know, things that were a bit unusual for the time. I think we're so used to seeing avocados now, but avocados used to come down from Queensland, and I don't think anyone kind of knew that they weren't supposed to be brown when you ate them. <laughs> They're all um, when you think about it, that's funny, Rose. They are would have seemed quite um exotic at that time. I mean, oh. I remember my dad used to think pasta was uh, exotic when we had that for dinner. He'd say, "What's this newfangled thing?" Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, if anyone visited, no one sort of really dropped in in the country. It was always you always knew they were coming. So there was always a bit of a bake-off before they came. 
and um, country dances. Now tell us about the well, country dances. <laughs> well, at the dances, you know, men would bring a bottle and ladies would bring a plate. <laughs> Do you remember that, Sarah? Oh, oh look, we um we had uh, once a month we had country dances, and we also um <laughs> you know bringing the the plate that was a real country tradition. Whether you played uh, tennis as a kid, or you went to your bowls club, or you just went to a party, bring a plate and potluck was a very country thing. I reckon. Yeah, that's right, and you know you'd get in the sixties. I remember casseroles had come in yeah. and casseroles were exotic. <laughs> you know, so. Put a tin of golden circle pineapple through them or <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You know, a bit of cheese on top and certain people were kind of renowned for their either good cooking or <laughs> notorious for their bad cooking. Yes. So you know, the word would go around as to who had cooked what. <laughs> Exactly, or June Smith's yeah. uh, lasagna. They were all hanging out for that, but just avoid, you know. Uh, avoid touching such. Mrs. Jones is uh, pudding like the plague, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we know what you grew yeah. up. We know what you grew up around. Now, what are you like in the kitchen these days? I'm quite handy in the kitchen, actually, because mum was, she was a basic cook. So if anyone was coming for, you know, some sort of party or whatever, I'd always get out in the kitchen, even as a young kid, and kind of do the savouries. <laughs> I kind of grew up with the real love of cooking for special events, and I spent quite a bit of time as a film caterer. Oh, and okay. Yeah, in between Goanna and Goanna, I had quite a few interesting jobs in the kitchen. I worked um, as a kind of as a chef. In, at the Como Hotel in, in Melbourne. So I, my skills are pretty handy, actually. Um, a chef at the Como, yeah, that's, very, professional. that's very posh. Yeah, yeah, not the old Como. Pretty, you're I'm a pretty, pretty skilled good. chef then. I mean, you're, yeah, you're, you're the real bad. deal. Yeah, I'm very, we've all, very we've modest. All, we've all sat up in our chairs a lot straighter in the last couple of minutes, oh. Rose. Course, that was my plan. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so Rose, given that you clearly are a very skilled uh, person in the kitchen, if you were having someone round for dinner, I mean, what, what's your, have you got a signature dish or what do you like to whip up? Yeah, I, I like to make um, an orange and chocolate croissant pudding. Oh. <laughs> so that's sort of layers of croissants. It's like a bread and butter pudding, but it's like layers of croissant and then I put in chunks of dark chocolate and orange zest. Oh, that's so and decadent. Yeah, yeah. It's oh and it's lovely. When it comes out of the oven it's all kind of puffy and sits up about, you know, three inches above the above the um what am I trying to find the word for? The baking dish. Of old, the baking dish. Correct. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. And are you are you a sweet tooth yourself, Rose? Would you be eating this as well? Uh, yeah, I'd probably be eating that. Yeah, <laughs> I probably would. The table usually goes pretty quiet, you know, um, when it first comes to the table, and then they go ooh ah ooh ah, and then it goes even sort of deathly quiet while they're eating it. <laughs> and That's then, a showstopper. And then, yeah, I know. And then, then you see the eyes kind of coming up, just sly little peeps to see, you know, what's left in the pan, and um, you know, like hmm little kind of heads get raised a little bit to see over the top of the middle of the table to see if there might be some more. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so it's um, that, that's delicious. It's 
such a good winter dish too. It's so kind of hearty and sweet, and but not too sweet. Mm-hmm. Now I know I know the showbiz tradition is leave them wanting more, but surely you have a second one. You have a, you have a supplementary <laughs> one going on, don't you? Supplementary. In the winter, I like to make, especially at this time of the year, because there's lemons everywhere. I like to make the lemon delicious pudding. Oh yeah, with, a, with a self-sourcing type thing. So it has the magic, yeah, yeah. the magic thing where you pour. Is that the one where you pour the the hot water on top and it turns into a sauce on the bottom? Yeah, it's um, yeah. You make it. You make a really fluffy, spongy kind of thing. I haven't made it for a little mm. while, but. Yeah, the sponge, you've got to whip up the egg whites and so it's a very, very light kind of sponge and then you've got this gooey, fresh lemony bit down the bottom. Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) Gooey fixes everything, I reckon. When it comes to desserts, if it's gooey, it it wins every time, every time. (laughs) But, Rose, you'd be be well used to the um, the rigours of of touring and being on the road with um, Goanna and and, and throughout your musical career. And I guess, and we've asked other people, other musicians, this Mm -hmm. question too, that being on the road, um, it sort of limits your choices for for eating healthy food. How do you go uh, when you you try to make healthy choices uh, on the road and they're not always available? In the old days when we used to tour, we always used to sort of go for the health food cafes, you know, for the big um, salad sandwich with peanut butter and, you know, and full full gamut of salad. Mm. And these days, you know, if you sort of stick to vegetarian, it's pretty it's pretty okay. I'm not vegetarian, but you always get pretty healthy um, sandwiches and. <laughs> we used to have a we used to have a rule that you know if it was more than forty forty miles inland or forty k's inland you didn't eat the seafood. Oh yeah. But I think I think that's changed. <laughs> I think that's changed changed now. So you know it was always sort of if we were a long way in, mad you'd have the the beef or the lamb, you know, and um, if you're around the coast you'd have the seafood. So. I mean, in Wallora, where I grew up, there used to be a, a guy with a little trailer on board, and he'd come through about once a week <laughs> with fresh fish from mm. the coast. Yeah. Where did you grow up, Sarah? Where, in where Karamburra in South Gippsland. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Dairy okay, country. Yeah. Same bloke, same trailer, once a week. <laughs> Yeah, no, we didn't. I wish we did have. We didn't have a seafood man come through with a trailer once a week. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so that was always good, and I think that guy used to come in from you know Warrnambool or Port Ferry, you know, mm. somewhere like that. Yeah. So, and he'd do all the little country towns and stuff, a bit like you know the Rawleys man or the yeah. Lincott Linen man. <laughs> Did you get them, Sarah? <laughs> yes, yeah, they ring a bell too. We had the soft drink man as well, um, delivered oh, the, the yeah, dozen we, soft drinks. Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't get that. <laughs> uh, but, I'm a bit annoyed, but we did not get that. <laughs> anyway. So when you're on the road, there's no sort of, you know, hot dog joint or sausage rolls or potato cakes or, no? <laughs> oh, look, you sneak in the odd little cheeky potato cake or one of those. The potatoes are a good, you yeah. know, they're a good noble veg. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, which you forget about the, the layer, the inch and a half layer of, Fatty batter on the outside. Yeah. You got yeah. you got your humble potato there. So I was just going to say, yeah. but when we talk about um, 
Australian uh, regional communities and country towns, Rose. I mean, through your oh. music and your mentorship, um, all these communities you've helped, you know, drought-affected communities, um, you know, on a wider scale, people who've been victims of, of tragedy. Ha- has there been a, um, a particular standout for you? I mean, when you look back and think, wow, I, all of this, I, I was part of that. I suppose my through Goanna, my introduction to Aboriginal communities and culture, mm. that, that was very life-changing. You know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about suffering. I learned a lot, a lot about community. You know, that, that's been a major, major part of my life. You know, just all the friends that you make in, in those communities and they're always there, you know, when you, when you, go, when you go back. People come come forward again and say hello, and you see their kids grow up. Just fantastic. We were recently in. Um, we did a support with Midnight Oil up on the surf coast, up in Queensland. Woodsy Fogarty came, and uh, you know I'd I'd known him since he was a baby in Nappy, mm-hmm. and he came and he came and played ditch with us. And, you know, now he, and his kids were there. Some of his kids were there as well. So those kind of things are, are really, you know, I just about cried when I saw him because he's this big man there, you know, with all these gorgeous, gorgeous kids of his own. So that's going to be, I think, one of the best things about going out on tour again is being able to catch up with people all around the country. So I think meeting people and th- there was always really special events everywhere and because you're playing live every night is different so gigs have uh, have big memories attached to them um, I remember being in Broken Hill once with Goanna and the whole community came you know uh, kids at the front and then mums and da- uh, and then the older people you know the grandmothers and grandfathers and stuff they were all seated there kids on the floor and then the normal mum and dad age people and then the blokes at the bar up the back, you know. <laughs> so the community had organised themselves. But being from the country, I think you kind of look out for the feelings that you had being growing up in a small community, you know. So I love going to the smaller places and meeting up with, with new people too, you know, and just seeing how the communities work and, familiarity of being in a small community, I think, is what really really touches me when I'm out touring. The standouts, I think, being at a concert in Townsville where it's pouring rain and there's thousands of people just standing there in the pouring rain watching you play um, is pretty special. And we did a gig in Cambelago once, which was sort of on the way to Broken Hill. And... We just sort of called in there for a drink and we ended up playing a little gig there, um, a dirt floor pub, cockatoo on the bar, <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of thing, you know. Beautiful. I really enjoyed putting together the, the concerts for the drought a few years back. We had 10 musicians. I got some funding together and took 10 musicians out on the road. We all played together and then did our individual things as well. You know, the communities came out and the community was sort of all involved, the Rotary Club, the Tennis Club, all those kind of clubs got involved as well, town councils and stuff. So those events were pretty special as well. 
Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Uh, and, and I know everyone's hanging out for, you know, this Goanna tour. With, uh, you've done some stuff with Midnight All, as you mentioned, but the, the, the tour with Goanna and celebrating 40 years of Spirit of Place is a really, really special thing. Now, if you were having mm. a dinner party, <laughs> oh. you, you Miss Como <laughs> chef person. And making your chocolate croissant <laughs> pudding, yeah. yeah. And lining yeah. someone up with the chocolate croissant uh, with the big gooey chocolate. Mm. Who would be invited to your <laughs> dinner party? Oh, golly gosh. All right. I would have the late Jimmy Chai from West Australia. Jimmy wrote Brand New Day. He was a fantastic oh. kind of writer and uh, cultural man from over that way. Great sense of humour. Um, I don't know if you remember any of the lyrics from Brand New Day, but they're pretty spectacularly <laughs> funny. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy Chai, um, maybe Peter Gabriel. Yeah. You know, the English songwriter, because I've always loved his lyrics and sense of musicality. Joni Mitchell. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'll put those people together. And um, You're going to be all set for entertainment. Yeah, I know, and I'm <laughs> going to be cooking cooking the day before, so I don't need <laughs> <laughs> Smart move. Yeah, so they'll be having, you know, Colvin salad. Yeah. That, that, that's okay. And... Um, that's what I have. Uh, my husband's pretty, pretty special. He's a, he's a writer. He's a great conversationalist too. So his name's Barry Hill. Mm-hmm. He's um, written lots of really great books, uh, Australian books. Maybe the late Martin Harrison, who was beautiful Australian poet, great conversationalist. Uh, how many do I get? <laughs> Like, you can have as many as you like. <laughs> you're, oh, okay. you're paying for this. Oh. <laughs> it's not like we're shouting, Rose. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, this happens go. though, doesn't it? You keep thinking of, of others you um you want to yeah. add. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, I, I, you can't have a dinner party without the without the Dalai Lama. Mm. Yeah, he'd be good. Um, he's very funny too. I love his sense of humour. You know when he. When he starts laughing. Yes. Oh, it's gorgeous, yeah, actually. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Him and Jimmy Chai together, I think, would be a really fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Very nice. Very it. nice yeah. ensemble of people. Beautifully done. Yeah. And you, yeah, thank you. And usually to, to finish up, Rose, we normally, and you'll be an excellent person to ask because you're pretty skilled in the kitchen. If you had a oh. kitchen or a cooking tip to share, what would that be? Oh, um, can I drop a name? Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, a friend of ours is Stefano DePiri. Oh, yeah. And Steph said to me once, he said, my mother said, no salt, no flavour. So don't be afraid to season things. And then when you've seasoned them, slap on about half a kilo of butter. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, I love that. But, but, butter, butter and, and seasoning. Oh, yeah. butter and seasoning fixes everything. Now, we've had Stefano on this podcast and he didn't tell us ah, that tip. So that is very good to know. Yeah, no, I always think of it actually when I'm tasting something, when I, <laughs> you know, when it's almost ready mm. and I'm tasting something, oh, you know, it's a bit bland or something. And first you just put a little sprinkle of salt in, everything kind of pops up. So yep. Beautiful. Salt and butter makes it better. 
Sounds yeah, good to me. <laughs> good on you, Rose. So, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Good luck with the tour with Goanna. I know it'll be a massive success and you'll have a great time. And uh, taking those songs back out again is a terrific thing to do. Uh, we need more of it. So thank you for thank your time. You. Yeah. Oh, thank you both so much. It was just lovely talking to you. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. All righty, don't forget, goannaband.com to find out uh, the tour dates and they're, they're performing everywhere. They're going all over the country mm. as they should uh, and celebrating that uh, not only that terrific Spirit of Place album but all the other stuff they did. They did some great songs. Thank you so much, Rose. Including the one that our guest from last week's show, Simon Madden, sang on. I'm oh, sure yes. they'll be doing Factory Man. <laughs> I'm not sure. You'll just have to you'll have to look at the big marquee billboards out front of the venues oh. to see if it says special guest vocal appearance by Simon Madden. Got to love how it's all interconnected. <laughs> uh, thanks to Rose for being on the show and uh, yes. As you can tell, I'm a, I'm a gushing great fan of Goanna's work. Oh, you're work. just gushy in no, my I company, I think. I love this stuff. Yeah, can't help right. myself. Now, tell me about this food poll that you came up with. <laughs> well, tempting fate. Mm, you were. Fate. <laughs> fate with a difference. You do a lot. No. Uh, <laughs> I thought we'd go with a fate uh, theme. I thought about school fates just popped into my uh, head, you know, the sort of things you enjoy when you go to a school yep. fate. Yep. And the two things that popped out for me, those uh, toffees, stick jaw toffees they're called, so they yep. break your jaw when you try and wrap your teeth around them. Yeah. Uh, and chocolate crackles, oldie bit of goodie. All right. Well, let's get stuck into it. Terry Daniel says... Out of that lot as a kid, it was always the chocolate crackle. Nowadays, neither, neither. of them. Blood sugar is probably rising just thinking about them. <laughs> and then Terry sent us a picture of his did, blood actually. sugar levels and thankfully yeah. they were all normal. <laughs> oh, nice 5.6. Good on you, Terry. <laughs> Sue Hosking, chocolate crackle for me. Sarah says, as a kid, we're always making chocolate crackles, so crackles it is. Uh, we'd also, with mum supervising, boil up cans of condensed yeah. milk for caramel tarts. Does yeah. anyone make them anymore? Yeah, my mum used to boil the condensed milk cans. Well, if they don't, can they now? <laughs> you haven't heard of that? Yeah, I have. Um, it's been such a long time. Oh, yum. Mm. I love. I used to eat condensed milk out of the tin. What about out of the tube? Remember those? You no, could we get never the, got uh, the tube. Oh, we got the tube and you could get coffee-flavoured condensed milk as well. Oh, gee, Kevin, where have you been? Queensland. <laughs> How's the blood sugars going, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca. Uh, says toffee, 100%. Ooh. I used to make them all the time when I was a kid. I don't like the texture of the coconut stuff they use in chocolate crackles. Yeah. Now, honey joys I miss, something I need to create a vegan version of. There okay, you go. good on your back. Uh, Rachel says crackles every time and honey oh, joys. Oh, there it is again. Silvana says definitely chocolate crackles. Susie says a stick jaw, the ones oh, yeah. that uh, with that might, slightly vinegary yeah, taste. yeah. Do you remember that? No. Yeah, vinegary taste. It's just um, sweet and a little bit of sour oh, okay. hitting you on the back of the tongue, yeah. I, I still have all my own teeth, so I never had a stick jaw <laughs> coffee at any stage because I wouldn't oh, ever have. Oh, Kevin, you've missed out. Uh, Joylene crackles, but I haven't eaten one for years. Uh, Julie says, the chocolate crackles here uh, had no patty cases once, so I rolled <laughs> them and dipped them in chocolate. Winner. Oh, that's a nice idea. Decadent. Chocolate on chocolate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Michelle Smith, I was just talking about those good old stick jaw toffees. Got to love them. I was just talking about those good old <laughs> stick jaw. Susan says chocolate crackles. Now we're all wearing dentures. Oh. Kathy Vischer, wife of our extraordinary producer Steve, says toffees. With lots of emojis. Yes. Uh, Deb Murphy says definitely chocolate crackles. Artie Stevens, nah, just nah. Neither. The toffee snaps your dentures. 
and uh, both contain enough sugar for a full set of diabetic comas. Oh, there's a cheery thought. Thanks, Annie. <laughs> uh, Glenn Rodder says uh, chocolate crackles every yeah. time, Pato. Stuart Wallace, looks like you might have made them. Oh, the picture? No, I didn't, Stuart. <laughs> But thanks for thinking Didn't so. Didn't even make the picture. Uh, John <laughs> says crackles for me also. Tony, chocolate crackles. I love the chocolatey bit at the bottom. He's so true. Bing, got me. That's what gets me. That's the, the, the mix of the kofa and the cocoa yeah. and it sinks to the bottom. Yes, and it's, it's, it's a little bit thicker and it's, yeah. it's good. You can knit the, uh, the cocoa pops off and I'll just go with that. Uh, <laughs> and Anne Peacock says yes. In capitals. Mm. Sam Newman. Judging by the shape and the health of the people on this app, why would any of us choose between two clinically destructive treats that will kill us sooner rather than later? Oh, Bit of no. an exaggeration, <laughs> says Sam. Of course. Very good, Sam. <laughs> Eileen says, uh, still like a chock crackle but only one. Jim Wilson, not worth getting fat for, thanks. Savoury all day, every day. Darren Purchase says crackles. The same Jim Wilson who said he liked pear crumble. Yeah, that's him. He wasn't that crumble last week. This week he's all of a sudden Mr Health Conscious. Give us a break, Jimbo. Suzanne Olsen, stick your toffees. Uh, Nick Coe says toffees to celebrate uh, chocolate crackles are more daily fare. Oh, yeah, that's true. Stuart, chocolate crackles. Really? Daily? (laughs) You'd have chocolate crackles daily? I don't think so, Nick. I think one with a coffee at night. Nick, you'd be the size of a house, for God's sake, and you're not, so you obviously don't. Oh, no, everything in moderation. One a day would be all right. Thing is, you couldn't stop at one. Correct. (laughs) Stuart Sutherland, chocolate crackles by the length of the... Flemington straight. Rosemary says, ooh, both so sweet now. Chocolate crackles just. Old croaky, deliciously crunchy, chocky crackles for me. Toffees are for suckers, Thank you, old croaky. Alan says, uh, neither savoury over sweets. Chris, both teeth breakers. (laughs) Jane Barnes says, uh, half a chocolate crackle once in a blue, blue moon. Gee, that's showing a lot of restraint, being able to stop at half. And Murph Hughes says, chocolate crackles. No hundreds and thousands for me, though, thanks. All the difference, Mervyn. Yeah, that's that dietary advice from Mervyn Gregory. I think he's Gregory. right. If you're a purist, you should leave your chocolate crackles without the hundreds and thousands. As you may have gathered, there is uh, one or two lone voices standing there yeah. for the, the the toffees. The toffee didn't hardly got a vote. See, I, I used to love at the, the school fates when you made your selection of toffees, you'd go around all the different trestle tables and you'd pick out which batch of toffees you liked the best. Now, some would be very light golden colour yeah. and others would be made with treacle, so they were a dark brown colour. Yes. And some of them were rock hard, but yeah. other ones were really chewy. I like the rock hard ones, but I, I must admit, I um, yeah, the, the, they didn't do any any good. Problem the was, they're very very sensitive when you make toffee. So uh, if you stir them too much, or you just faff around with them too much, they go all sugary. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not. To- you want them clear and not cloudy. Not not something I'd be racing over to a table to buy either of I them. Just but used if to I enjoy was making them. The bottom part of the chocolate crackles is the okay. best bit. You, that sounds like a Seinfeld episode, a Kevin. Nice Remember the uh, the muffin stumps? You want the chocolate crackle stump. Yep, that's what is I want. what you're saying and not the chocolate crackle top. Give us your hard-coated uh, uh, chocolatey smooth bottoms and I'm with you. <laughs> Uh, that will be the we name do talk of my, a lot about crusty and uh, chocolatey bottoms. That will in be the name show, of my biography we? coming to a bookstore near you. Soon. <laughs> Very suitable title. Thanks to Rose Bygrave for being on the show. Yes. It was an absolute treat to have her on. Uh, look out for those Goanna dates. So uh, go out and have uh, Sam live, mm. or if not, just jump on and have listen to some of their songs. They're terrific. Yeah. Until the next time, this has been Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. 
Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.